Welcome to the Turfgrass Hotline. I'm Frank Rossi. Turfgrass Hotline is brought to you by our partners at Trijack, the only machine that aerates top dresses and amends all in one pass. Intelligro, makers of Civitas, a fungicide that's so much more. And the Plant Food Company, developing professional nutrient management programs since 1946. When Rich Buckley is happy and busy, that means there's very high stress and pest pressure. All the time you spend keeping plants healthy should be paying off now. Part of that plan should be the Plant Food Company. The Plant Food Company has been providing cost-effective solutions to your nutrient management needs from science-based recommendations that are established at dozens of universities. In fact, plant food programs have been shown to be competitive with traditional fungicides in the popular anthracnose control trials at Rutgers University. So keep those plants healthy with science-based results. Contact your local plant food representative or go to plantfoodco.com. Welcome back to the Turfgrass Hotline. Rich Buckley, we're getting to be old hat at this. Of course, we've practiced it for 20 years on Thursday mornings, <laughs> right, Rich? So let's start with, we're in the early part of July, central New Jersey and much of the Northeast, unlike a lot of other parts of the country, is now opening up slowly, learning life back uh, with COVID and all of us are learning to live with it. And I think golf is learning to live with a fairly active tee schedule. Uh, I think uh, widespread uh, use of the golf courses with less to do is really wonderful from a business perspective, challenging in other rights. And I'm sure we're going to learn a lot as we look back. But now we're busy dragging a hose and spraying, Rich. And so let's talk about how did the month of June go the last month when I haven't spoken to you? How have the samples been coming in and what have you been seeing? Well, uh, uh, sample submissions were good in June. We picked up to a normal pace. Golf guys, we do ornamentals in the lab too. And we usually kind of have this transition toward more golf samples in June. And, you know, as we move through the month, uh, we started seeing more uh, summer right. patch, anthracnose a little bit, right. some pythium root disease. I think what we noticed early on across the country, right? Because I've been talking to your colleagues across the country now for the last month. And I would say to a person, everybody said, boy, root problems, hmm, lots of root problems. And boy, they show up really quickly when things get dry. And in a lot of places, it hasn't been dry for a while, Rich. So, you know, Paul Koch saw it early. You saw summer patch, take all patch. Lee Butler saw take all patch, summer patch, even on the Bermuda down there. So have the root problems been worse? That's a good question. For me, it's maybe not worse. We see a lot of them anyway because they're harder to diagnose for a superintendent in the field. Mm. Nobody sends us dollar spot, right? <laughs> hey. So it's typical, but there has been a fair amount of it. And I've seen courses that I haven't diagnosed or worked with for a couple of years show up. That's an indication that maybe it's more widespread than a normal year. Well, the other thing I remember in the Northeast is the ABW issue was uh, the feeding seemed prolonged over a long period of time, because April was basically a stalled month. I mean, the world stalled in, in the Northeast and, and the weather stalled in the Northeast. And that allowed the ABW to sort of extend out its reproduction and feeding and having to make multiple applications. Are you seeing remnants at all of the way the ABW damage got involved in the Northeast? We are. I get samples and I could find chewed leaves. I, I, there are some samples that come in uh, where I could find a larvae or a pupae or, you know, two in them. But what, one of the things I noticed is, you know, people send me their spray sheets and so I see what they're doing, and it tells me when when you missed it and what you're trying to do to clean it up. 
So I think that ABW, that extended period where it was cool, messed up a lot of scheduling. Right. And I think, again, if you take the same logic that, you know, they send things oftentimes that are hard to see in the field. And you and I would argue that's exactly right. Sometimes you don't know if it's summer patch or ABW or anthracnose. You got to get on your hands and knees, look really closely. Of course, the high-end superintendents, they never want to see this, right? This would indicate sort of something failing there. I'm interested in now that we transition to what could be more abiotic problems. Are we seeing any abiotic problems yet? Well, I'm expecting that to happen, right? You know, one of the things that we saw in New Jersey last night were some pop-up thunderstorms and guys were posting pictures of their rain gauges with like two and a half, three inches. Oh, no. Hot and wet. Yeah, hot, wet, super saturated root zones. It's steamy. So one, things like brown patch and pythium that are going to flare under these conditions. And, uh, you know, Dr. Clark's pythium trials looked pretty good yesterday. (laughs) And then if you have a root zone that doesn't drain well or that holds moisture, now we're going to start seeing the wet wilt type of uh, abiotic stress, you know, some scalping, those sorts of things. And so the pythium stress to me is interesting because it is one of those models where, you know, you got to be in the soup for dozens of hours to have the kind of pressure to get pythium. I mean, most pathologists have to erect plastic structures around their plots to be able to get consistent pythium. Bruce, you guys live in an armpit over there at certain times of the year. Do you get a lot of pythium samples? I know you see it on the plots. Is it the kind of thing you see guys now knowing to go out and spray that we're in July and August and these pop-up storms that pythium is guaranteed? I think guys are, are pretty tuned into the weather for pythium. Um, but that, that being said, you know, we had a couple of years that maybe were less pressure. So guys forget and they get behind and then suddenly they start getting flare ups and, and that sort of thing. I also see a lot of samples when, when we get pythium blight, they indicate where the, whoever spraying missed. Yes. And and so now we are uh, into the dollar spot time, but it's almost like we bypassed it, Rich. Does it seem almost like it's too hot for dollar spot? And that Uh, when you see brown patch and pythium, you don't have to worry about dollar spot as much? Pete Denoden talked about a a two like uh, hump season where you have a small flare in the spring Mm -hmm. and a larger flare in the fall. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we see it. Uh, uh, It's sort of, manifested in like James Hempfling's data with the models and stuff. I don't think it's too hot though. It was only 72 last night. So the nighttime temperature I think is important. And look, the evidence in the plots, if you have susceptible bent grasses, Mm -hmm. you know, that aren't being treated, it's dirt. Okay. So pythium will take out the bent grass. Pythium will take out the bent grass. The dollar spot will too. Those susceptible varieties, Mm -hmm. they get hammered. And it's a testament to how well the fungicide treatments work to see those old varieties hold up. And I would say in general, the thing that I'm always wondering about is when we get the resistant material, like declaration, all the stuff that Stacy's Bill been working on all these years, right? Uh, when we get that material, we don't have to spray as much, but the inoculum builds up. Does that eventually overrun in the fall, even resistant varieties? What, what's your thoughts on that? It's probably a better question for Hempfling, but you, I got you. Yeah, well, you know, you got to make do with what you get. Look, resistance isn't an absolute. It's a genetic advantage. 
right? So these varieties that are resistant still can become diseased. It's just not as intensified or the damage isn't as, as serious. So under high pressure and no mitigation with fungicides, you'll, you'll see dollar spot on it. It just won't be dead to the ground like something like, you know, like an old variety like Crenshaw. That's already dirt, right. you know. So here we are in early July and we've already started to see a turn. You said it's not hot yet. But I bet in the next week or two, it's looking to me in the long-range forecast that at least hot and dry is dominant, and these pop-up storms is the pattern that we're in for now. And no, you, you and I have the luxury of yeah. talking to a climatologist once a week as well, but that's how it looks. This could be a seven-week uh, stretch of this if it goes to the end of August. How worried are you that we haven't seen anything like this for a while? It, it's been a couple of years. I mean, seriously, we, we're getting the pop-ups and we got plenty of moisture. I'm a cyclist. Everybody's, I was out riding on Sunday afternoon. It was like a blowtorch out there, man. Yeah. I could see the grass going dormant as I rode by. So, so you got the heat, you got the moisture in the system. It's looking good for disease activity. You know? <laughs> so this is the time of year when you tell people you probably better have the protection down that you need in vulnerable areas on a preventative basis. This isn't where you want to be waiting to see how much brown patch or pythium you're going to get before you start taking action. Right. Yeah. You better be, be ahead of the game now and you have to have a reasonable, and I stress the word reasonable, not every other day treatment program, Right. you know, and you need to have a, a, a brown patch material and you need to have some thought about anthracnose and certainly a, a Pythium product in there as well. So, so the anthracnose is the next question on my list of things here, because, you know, I always think of anthracnose as the quintessential barometer for stress. If you're starving it and pushing it, which is what we got to do sometimes during this period of time. And I'm still wondering about the lingering effects of maybe some overregulation from early in the season. So I'm wondering where the anthracnose barometer is these days in the Northeast, Rich. I think we're right on it. And I'm saying that because I got emails this morning with photographs <laughs> and, and I'm thinking that that's good. This is going to be an easy one. It's anthracnose. Okay. I can tell already, you know, so I think we're there. I mean, you know, overregulation and all the stress from the spring. You also have carps everywhere. You've got guys that ha- are still in this. I don't want to fertilize too much thing. Mm. So, yeah, th- there's stress all around from a number of different angles. And I I think anthracnose will be a significant issue. And so what will happen is they'll start to trickle and then people see what other people are doing. And then it's a matter of whether you get the wave, right? I know you rely certainly (laughs) on the wave of samples to come in, but uh, this certainly looks like it's shaping up. I can see in the Midwest, I've seen some superintendents in St. Louis and central Illinois. I know Muirfield's expecting something they got two tournaments on the heels of each other. This has looked like it's shaping up to be a pretty stressful year, Rich. I'm sure that you guys are ready for the number of samples that are coming in. You know me, I can't wait, <laughs> man, the more the merrier. But yeah, yeah, we're looking, you know, anytime from now until the middle of August, and even in a less stressful year, we have what we call the great die-off, where suddenly, you know, I get like 200 samples in one week. And then everybody's dead and goes about their business. So, so yeah, it's coming. And hopefully the wave is flatter than... Uh, uh, yes, we're all looking to keep the curve flatter for sure. I think the only thing that lingers on my mind, the last thing on my list is the lingering 
ABW damage. One of the things that has confused not just me, but in conversations with Ben McGraw about this, that we really don't have good strategies for this second and third generation. It's a lot of our work is focused on how to deal with the first. And now, as you said, on so, as some of the spray records indicate, it's like, ooh, I missed. Ooh, I missed. Ooh, I think I got it. And now we're in the second generation where do you spray the adulticide? Do you spray the larvicide? What do you often see in a year like this that I'm wondering, is the ABW setting it up for more summer patch? Is the ABW setting it up for more anthracnose? Because the second generation, I think, is what worries people. Yeah. And, and well, what happens is, you know, you get off sequence in the life right. cycle, you know, already it's hard enough to time it in the spring, right. but then if you've missed it, now you got larvae and, and adults and, and everything's discombobulated. So you, once you get behind the eight ball, you're, you never really catch up. You have problems now you think you got them. And, and in September you got dead grass because they're loaded with larvae. You, you know, you have your anthracnose on top summer patch below yeah and and you don't want to fertilize and then at some point you'd probably just tell them maybe it's time for bent grass well guys like poe man poe makes a good potting surface if you manage it and and here's the thing you know if you got a good integrated pest management program and you have a plan for your key pests and and, and that sort of stuff and you're prepared for these dynamic changes mm-hmm then you can grow pretty damn good pulp. Exactly right. right. And I think we talk about this all the time. What you just described is resilience. You have to be managing your surfaces in a way that when these times come along, you're not running a fire drill. That's like, okay, we're, we're in for some rough waters and here's what we do. And, and here's typically how, how it works out. And here's what I have to say to people about playing conditions if I have to make adjustments. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, you have to make adjustments. And and look, you you maybe have POA and you want it dry and fast and you're hand watering. Well, hell, man, look at the weather. Turn the heads on and soak it, you know, if you have to, you know, <laughs> because otherwise you're going to be behind and you're going to have all these other issues manifest themselves. And it makes it harder to catch up. Once you get behind, then you're going to be talking to me a lot. Okay, so one more time, sending samples. How are you getting them? What's the way to get them to you? We have our website, njaes.rutgers.edu, and then forward slash plant diagnostic lab. We're easy to find. Just Google Rutgers plant diagnostic lab. We pop right Perfect. up. You can send them UPS or US Postal Service. And what service. if I drive them there? All you got to do is give us a call and I'll come out and meet you at the gate. Tell me how you killed it. And <laughs> And it's better that than leaving it there with no one knowing it's there and it turns to cheese. Yeah, as long as we know it's coming, we'll be looking for it. All the farm hands, everybody, uh, you know, that's on the farm knows to keep an eye on it, too. So uh, drop them off. It it saves you a little bit of money mail-wise. You get to drive here sitting in the air conditioning. (laughs) All right, Rich, thanks for taking the time to join us. Best of luck. Talk to you in a month. All right, thanks, Frank. It was a pleasure. See you, Rich. See you. Buckley is the director of Rutgers University's Diagnostic Clinic. The Diagnostic Lab services thousands of turf grass and landscape professionals across the country and is part of the National Plant Diagnostic Network, providing pest and plant pathogen surveillance for the Northeast U.S. Get more info on the Rutgers Lab and sample submission at njes.rutgers.edu backslash plant diagnostic lab or search Rutgers Plant Diagnostics.
The Turfgrass Hotline is brought to you by our friends at Dryject, the only machine that aerates top dresses and amends in one pass. Intelligro, makers of Civitas, a fungicide that's so much more, and the plant food company developing professional nutrient management programs since 1946. The Turfgrass Hotline is recorded and produced at Rep Studios in downtown Ithaca, New York by Nate Richardson. Big thanks to marketing and business management John Kiger and executive producer Peter McCormick. I'm Frank Rossi. Thank you for joining